Hey, are you ready to unlock the secrets to success in real estate in the Lone Star State? And are you ready to take your game to the next level? Do you want to revolutionize the way you approach buying and selling properties? Well, welcome to the True Texas Real Estate Podcast, your ultimate guide to real estate in Texas. I am Marilee Brown, co-host, coming to you live from San Antonio. And joining us today is my wonderful, beautiful co-host, the exceptional real estate broker who brings years of expertise and industry knowledge to the table. Please welcome Linda Zimmerhansel. Thank you, Marilee, so much for that incredible intro. I am thrilled to be here, and I am thrilled to share the exciting news about the True Texas Real Estate Podcast. It's an opportunity to empower both real estate professionals and clients and the public with the knowledge they need to make informed decisions and excel in Texas real estate. You know, one of the um, very big issues in real estate right now is uh, housing affordability. So we really wanted to touch on a very, very good option for folks that are having a harder time maybe um, getting approved or affording a single family home, just a traditional single family home. So you've invited a wonderful guest uh, to talk about buying a manufactured home in the state of Texas, which is a can be very tricky. So we need her expertise. Well, I'd like to introduce to you Carolyn Walker. She is a realtor uh, extraordinaire. We've been working together probably about, gosh, three, four years. I can't remember when we did our first one, but we ended up meeting because of a manufactured home. I believe it was one of Linda's agents in her brokerage that had the buyer and bought one of the homes that you were listing, right? Do you remember that? Yes, absolutely. It was. And actually, they ended up not buying that one, but coming back about two months later and buying a different one. So yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. So um, at, as a um, as a mortgage broker, uh, when we and I when you and I worked on that before I was with a mortgage banker, and I had just been taught avoid manufactured homes at all cost, and especially single wide. And you and I just closed on a deal just um, a few weeks ago, and it was not only a single wide manufactured home, it was an FHA, which I have been told to run, run, run as fast as you can away from those deals. But it ended up being one of the easiest, I mean, just clear cut deals that I have ever done. And now because of you, I'm not scared to do manufactured homes. I probably still should be, but I know that... um, you have a lot of expertise in that area, and that's why Linda and I were wanting to bring you on and talk about manufactured homes. Again, it's only it seems like, to, in my opinion, it's the only affordable homes that we have here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in the business. So I, um, I'm currently a realtor at Southridge Realty, and I have been in the business about nine years. Um, I, when this oil field crashed um, about nine years ago, for the third time in my marriage, um, I decided it was time to go to work because I'd always been a stay-at-home mom. And so I chose to um, get into real estate. And so here I am. Lots of manufactured home deals later. <laughs> how, ma- how many manufactured homes have you think you've closed, Carolyn? Oh, gosh. I mean, on average, I was doing about eight to 10 a year. Um, That's a lot. For probably the ba- probably the last four years, I've averaged about that. One of my main um, client slash investors, that's what he does. Um, he finds lots, um, unrestricted lots that allow 
mobile home or with, uh, you know, limited restrictions and places new homes on there. And so that's kind of, um, that's been our forte. We've kind of um, taken it and run with it. So I'd say probably in my nine years, I've probably closed at least, I don't know, 50 or 60 for sure. So a lot, quite a few. Fantastic. I mean, with that kind of experience, um, can you tell us how much, is is it easier now that it was nine years ago to do them? Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> expound on that a little bit, if you would. So I think a lot of it, um, and I and I think Marilee touched on it a lot that people were afraid, but they realized it's really not that difficult. Kind of the same thing when barn dominiums came into play that, you know, you um, it was hard to find comps or the banks wouldn't lend on them because they're not um, traditional, that area. It's not traditional. And so I think now um, because of interest rates and those types of things, um, it is more affordable. And, uh, and, and I think they are built so much better that people are not afraid to purchase them. And I was always told when I got in the business that uh, manufactured homes don't um, increase in value, they always lose value. And that's not true. I mean, I, I my parents purchased a home uh, back in 2015. They paid about $212,000 for it. And we closed it last year for $380,000. So, um, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. People are not afraid and um, and they're just more affordable. I need to stop quoting that then. I mean, I've obviously been mis- misinformed because I thought that they went down in value, but there's a perfect example. I have to agree with you. I was I was told the same thing when I started 10 years ago. Um, I, I kind of discouraged clients from doing that. But over the years, I've seen, I mean, my clients have made money every time they've sold a manufactured home. So again, I think it's a different time. Absolutely. Carolyn, tell us about the deal that we just closed um, that was the single-wide manufactured home. Uh, were you the listing agent on that deal as well? I mean, did I was. And prior to that one, I was also the listing and buyer's agent or intermediary on that one as well. Um, so I've bought, sold that one four times in the last four transactions, we'll say that. So um, it was um, a small single wide, less than a thousand square feet on a couple of acres in Wilson County. And luckily for my clients, it's been very well kept, um, beautiful little piece of property. And we had zero hiccups with that property. The only thing that took a little time was to get that um, engineer report for the retrofit. But other than that, it was probably the easiest deal maybe I've ever done, <laughs> truthfully. So, so I want to I want to take a couple steps back because we can't assume that um, any. I mean, everybody's going to know what we know, having closed these before, right? So, can you explain a little bit, maybe, Carolyn, about the difference between a single wide and a you know double wide, triple wide, and and the challenges maybe of each one first, and then maybe go into what's very important if you're taking clients to go look at a manufactured home and consider it. Sure, absolutely. So obviously a single wide is just one piece. Um, It only has one serial number, just one, um, typically a 16 by something, 70 or whatever. Um, uh, Double wide has two pieces, triple wide, three, you know, and so on and so forth. So those homes have, um, you know, a double wide, for example, has two serial numbers. And the important, the most important part, I find myself, and, and it's not always the case, but typically buyers for, manufactured homes are FHA buyers for the most part, I would say 90% um, FHA or VA buyers, meaning then you have to have, there's certain stipulations. Um, it can't, well, for some lenders, it can't have been moved. Well, on FHA, it, to, it can't, it has to be an original look, move. 
but VA can have moved once. So the retrofit, the engineer report, you know, um, and then real property, those are, you know, going from um, personal property to real property. Those are kind of the big main things um, to look at whenever you, um, whenever you're taking clients to, to look at mobile homes or manufactured homes. The retrofit, I think that scares some people, um, sellers and buyers. You know, can you talk about some of the costs associated and how hard it is and what it's it's not a, an arduous process, but I think maybe can you dispel some of the myths there? Yeah, what is a retrofit? That means so a retrofit is where um basically the tongue of the mobile home is removed. Um the you know wheels are taking off per se. They um it's a plate is put down, it's welded and tied down. So it becomes affixed to the property. Um, so in the eyes of the federal housing authority or, um, VA, something like that, they, it's a permanent fixture on the property. So then, um, so then it becomes filed with Texas department of housing and it becomes real property. And it's basically then treated just like a site built home, you know? And what's the cost? So the cost of that. So I have, um, it, it can vary. There's multiple different companies out there. Um, the most recent ones that I've done, and I've done about four in the last two months, um, $2,600, um, well, about $2,200 for the retrofit, about $400 for the engineer report. Um, you you know, it's it's a very simple process. They go out there and do that. They provide you the documentation, the photos, and and that, I mean, it's, it's a very simple process. It takes them couple hours to get out there and get that done. So now what if a, you're at a listing appointment and the owner of the manufactured home doesn't know if it's been retrofitted? What's your advice to to the agent and to the owner or the seller then? So um, there's a lot of Gulf Techs. Um, George, uh, George is who I use for mine. Um, they will go out and do um, an inspection on it and let you know if it, and, and I have had them come back and say, Carolyn, this home is retrofitted. All you need is an engineer report. So um, you just have to find somebody trust trustworthy. Um, George Gert, uh, Golf Techs, you know, someone like that is who I use um, in this area. And they, they'll go out and do an inspection on it. Um, let you know if, if it's, if it needs the retrofit, if it doesn't just get you an engineer report, they can order that for you, provide the documentation to the engineer and, and um, just kind of go from there. So it there's is, no statewide list or anything that they could check to find out? To be quite honest with you, I don't know about that. That's that's a good question. I, I am unaware if there is a statewide list, but there is that's a possibility. That's something I should probably check on. Great. We'll definitely all check on that. So seems like it might be, yeah, if they're if they have to go through TDH, you know, maybe it does tell somewhere. Um, it certainly would be one less step you'd have to take, right? Yeah. To be able to list the property, which would be um, uh -huh. awesome. So um, so we kind of go back to who the buyers are for these houses, right? I mean, I know some people, um, you know, and, and touching on the lender aspect, you know, maybe how hard is it to find a lender, merely touched on that, to be able to uh, underwrite a manufactured home loan? How hard is that? Um, I truthfully have only ever experienced one lender that wasn't able to, um, to do it. However, Merrily is always my go-to. So <laughs> I kind of limit myself when it comes to that. Um, but I think just like we've learned and we've grown with, with that part of the business, I think most lenders have as well. Um, but I can tell you this, I, I had another on this last deal that I just did with Merrily, um, we had, he had been pre-approved with another company and they were quoting him. 
I really want to say it was like 12 to 17% on okay. his good credit score, these types of things. So I said, listen, we, I, we've got to call Marilee. I, I need her to, I need her to run the numbers and see Marilee, what did we end up closing that one? Like way like half of that. Oh yeah. I, I don't remember. I'm guessing around, you know, 7% or something. I mean, maybe lower so, might've been in the sixes, you know, cause it was. Yeah. Great. So I have a question because, you know, um, when my very first, I I think it was my very first manufactured home um, listing and it had been added on to, right? And I was told over and over by, you know, many lenders, oh, if it's been added on to, you know, they built a room on, right? Um, We can't do it. Uh, And I haven't, I did get that one closed. I found a miracle lender who got it closed and, and, you know, we moved on down the road, but I, I tell you, how hard is it now? A lot of people add on to these homes. They do. Um, I just recently went through one. Well, I say recent. It's been in the last two years. Um, I just had an engineer come out. They said the integrity of the home had not been, um, you know, hadn't been messed messed with. The home was fine. It was um, structurally sound. The add-on did nothing. And, and we moved forward. It was fine. Fantastic. So it's not an insurmountable um, issue. Yeah. That's what made it so great for you and I is you walked in with, you'd already ordered the engineer's report. I mean, you knew he was going to go FHA. Uh, You said, I've already ordered the engineer's report. You were ready to order the appraisal. Um, I think we had to wait on the engineer's report to get it to the appraiser, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was kind of a little bit of a delay, but you were so proactive and and in all the all the things that you know, it's like you had this checklist, you know, of here's what you need to do. And maybe it wasn't a very long checklist, but you just had it all um completely done and new. I mean, it was just it was flawless. And 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 I've done manufactured homes prior to, and I'll be honest with you, they go flawless when they're with you. And oh, you. I mean, you just, you know, nobody wants to be the queen of the trailer park, but that um, you know, whenever we get a referral or, or a phone call that comes into the office and it's a manufactured home, they're like, I'll just send it to Carolyn. I'm like, oh, thanks. But I'll take it. I'll take it all day long because that that is what has helped me um, to be knowledgeable. Well, those um, homes that we first met on, a matter of fact, I think, Linda, you did the um, the sale of that one client out. In, it was Lavernia, right? Yeah. You were the listing agent when he bought it from, he was the one that, you know, it fell through, then he ended up buying and then he sold and you were the listing agent on selling it. Um, That was one of those that they were like, we considered them new construction because they had never been lived in. Your investor had moved them out onto these plots, had them, I mean, they were permanently fixed. You had everything all like lined up and ready to go to purchase without, I mean, did you even like go ahead and order the engineer's report ahead of time on these? What was yeah. your process? So yes, I, the process for me, whenever we, when we have those installed, we go and we actually, um, we don't usually do a pre-inspection, but we do do a walkthrough with the company that comes in and sets it up. Um, we, we have them retrofitted. We have the engineer report ready to go. Same with the septic, you know, have the septic installed because that's another big thing too, is that typically when you have a manufactured home, you're going to, you're going to be on a septic system um, nine times out of 10. So 
have that um, have that septic system installed and all of those things and just, yeah, have it ready to go. What about condition? How much, outside of the, obviously the retrofit, but how much does condition weigh into your ability to be able to sell a manufactured home? Um, I mean, you see the older ones, condition and age, let's let's put them both together. Um, it's, it's a huge factor because um, as we all know, like I said, most buyers are going to be your FHA or VA buyers. And um, when the appraiser comes out to do their inspection, um, it's got to be in good shape. It, it has to have, you know, um, the paint has to be complete, no rotting wood, you know, the, all of those types of things that are that go into a play in a normal um, site built home. Um, the condition is very important. Now, I mean, I have sold some that are a little more, they're a little worse condition, but it's had to go conventional because it wouldn't qualify for FHA, which happens, you know, so. And age, what what does that play in? I, I don't, I'm going to be completely honest. Folks have always told me, uh, I know that banks won't lend on manufactured homes if they're over a certain age. And I've never, ever run into a problem that age has been a factor. Now, um, I think the oldest one, and I've I've sold some pretty old ones. I mean, um, I'm, I was trying to think maybe a '92 model, which is, I mean, that's pretty old, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I feel like it was yesterday, but that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when someone says 1992, I'm like, oh, 10 years ago, but it is not 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> so. Um, I don't know what the age limitations are, if I'm being completely honest, because I've never run into an issue with it. Merrily, do you know? So I know FHA does have some guidelines, but I believe it's, um, you know, I guess I need to look that up because I don't remember, but it seems like it was like 1987 or something, anything prior to they wouldn't loan uh, lend on. When I was in the banking world, they were saying, well, if it's older than five years, forget it, run, run, you know, because they said it was in too bad a condition. And really what I've noticed is it's all dependent on the appraisal and what the FHA appraiser or the VA appraiser states the condition of the house. Like this one that we just did, I think it was fairly old, but it was in just pristine condition. You know, the appraisal turned out clean. The engineer's report turned out clean and it was... A, a good deal. So um, I just looked it up June 15th, 1976. Anything built after that has to be rejected uh, per HUD. So great, great. That's good information. But a challenge is to find one that's still standing older than that. Yeah. But so um, what about the insurance? Um, that's a big factor. And especially right now, and it's a hard market for insurance. Um, I mean, even single family homes are having a hard time, right? So what what, how, talk about the insurance angle is, are they more expensive to insure these? I mean, what are people looking at? It's truly not, um, not much, there's not much more of a, a, but I always say that whenever I have something in a floodplain as well, I'm like an extra hundred dollars a month, you know, um, it's not manufactured homes, honestly have become so, and especially if they're real property, um, my clients are not, I, in my experience, we have not seen like a spike or um, or too much of a difference on on insurance for manufactured homes. Great, great. So it's just dependent upon the area. The same thing as you know, right. and size and all that replacement cost. Gotcha. Well, that's that's great to know. Um, so uh, have you noticed? I mean, I know you you represent so many buying and selling, but have you noticed more coming on the market? Have you noticed an increase in 
the availability of manufactured homes or the demand for them? So I was actually just doing a little research in the Canyon Lake area out there. And I I do see a lot more in that area coming on the market. Out here in Wilson County, we're out of space. There is no room. There's no no, uh, unrestricted property really left to buy. I do see the demand for them with interest rates being higher. A lot of first-time home buyers, folks retiring, they can't afford that big mortgage. And so manufacturing that the um demand for them is much higher right now for sure. So maybe the biggest challenge in that manufactured home market is just finding the the lot. I mean, that's been a challenge a long time, right? I mean, I talked to um a manufactured home builder um oh maybe seven years ago and he was saying oh if you find unrestricted lots or lots that you know that you can put it in manufactured home let us know right so it's still tight is it still tight out there it is still tight out here it absolutely is and um so even I have a uh, my same investor client that I that I do a lot of work with you know he purchased um five acres in um it's Guadalupe County. And he thought, oh, I'm going to subdivide it. I'm going to put five houses out there. Well, it didn't work that way. They had they had guidelines. Um, you can put two homes. You will split two and a half and two and a half, but that's all we'll do. And so I think you're seeing uh, the counties tighten up a little bit and you're seeing, uh, you know, developers, you know, they're putting those stipulations, no manufacturers, that sort of thing. So yeah, so I'm gonna you touched on this, but I want you to be a little more specific, because we occasionally will see people um, attempting to sell just the manufactured home and not the lot. And you touched on real property. Can you explain that? We can't in the state of Texas do that, right? Can sell in the state of Texas, we can sell one mobile home without a TDHCA license in a 12 month period. So it has to be affixed to the property or made real property at the end of the sale, or um, you have to hold a TDHCA license. That That is correct. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that. So thank you. A yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain, explain that a little bit. What is the difference between, I mean, is it sort of like you're buying a car or an RV and you have to turn it into real property then as a, a house? Is that right? Right. So when you purchase a manufactured home in Texas, you get a title, just like if you're buying a car um, or an RV. And um, so when you put it on the property, have it retrofitted, then then you know, file with with TDHCA to have it as real property, it becomes a home. It's not, it's no longer a manufactured home. You Render that title to the Texas and it's permanently affixed to the land. Um, if it's not and you have it on the property and you don't have it as real property, you're taxed separately. There's two different tax ID numbers. Yeah, it's basically personal property. So do, when is the time? Because I, I feel like the several that we did with you, a couple of them were already converted to real. Some of them weren't. And we did it after closing. We had to go... Uh, submit it to the state to get it transferred into real property. When is it that you do that? Is it usually before or is it at the time of the first sale? It, it kind of depends. A lot of the time, so I, I just recently had another deal where the my clients purchased this property back in um, 1982. They paid cash for it in 1982. So they never had it converted to real property. It's been it has been personal property until we just closed it. So we closed it as a VA loan, um, and the VA required then for it to become real property. So at that time, when you close, then you convert it. So there's no um, if you don't have a loan on it, a lot of people just don't know or they just don't do it. 
Well, that's that's all good information. So do you expect, um, I mean, and I know a lot of my clients will ask me this now, is, you know, there is concern about <clears throat> that we already discussed, you know, how how manufactured homes, you know, retain their value, but also, you know, we see their value growing. Over your time, have you, have, can you like give us a general range of how much you think um, per year a manufactured home increases in value? Um, if a, if a client came to ask you, well, I mean, what can I expect? Right. And of course it depends on market conditions, but in, not in the COVID market, in the regular market. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. I really don't know, to be quite honest with you. I typically see anywhere from maybe um, two to four percent per year in a normal market. I would say that, and I honestly, and that's the right direction, right? That's the right trend, and you know, that's that's what they're predicting for the market in general. You know, in our MSA, basically. Um, for this coming year, so it's it's maybe in line, perhaps a little, you know, under. you know, what a single family home, but it's still going in the right direction. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. What other tips can you give your colleagues that are going to list or buy uh, manufactured homes that no one else, but a expert would be able to give them? <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing is to make sure that the retrofit, get that taken care of in the beginning. So you're not waiting like I was, even though I ordered it prior. Um, the engineer just had a couple of family issues, life issues, I guess, that he he was unable to, lost his phone, couldn't contact us, that type of thing. So it was a delay, but making sure it's retrofit, make sure your clients understand what that means. And, and they um, typically it's going to be their cost. And then honestly, um, just making sure it's ready. No rotted wood, those type of things. Have it ready for a VA or an FHA buyer because those are typically the folks in the market for manufacturing them. Absolutely. That's great advice, Carolyn. Well, Thank this you. is wonderful. Thanks so much. Um, everybody, we're going to have links in, in the uh, description on how you can get in touch with Carolyn. Um, if you're, you know, you have a manufactured home that you want the expert to come and sell your house, you know. Uh, we'll get you in touch with Carolyn. You can always go to truetexas.com where you can find Linda and myself there as well. And we really appreciate you, Carolyn. I just adore working with you. So um, here's to many more. You've made me not afraid of manufactured homes and I just love you for that. So thank you. Likewise, I thoroughly enjoy working with you as well. Great. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for your time and and sharing uh, the tips that are going to help a lot of people. Thank you so much. And it was great meeting you. Tune in, subscribe, and get ready to conquer Texas real estate market with confidence. The True Texas Real Estate Podcast is going to be available on popular platforms such as Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Simply search for True Texas Real Estate Podcast, hit the subscribe button, and get ready to elevate your Texas real estate game to new heights. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. See you soon. Bye.